Okay. Hello. Hello. Shall I start? Uh, by all means, please go ahead. Good show. Yes. Hello. Hello. Um, so we ought to start by introducing ourselves, as we usually do. Let's do that. I'm Suzanne. Have you, is that you done? That's me done. Don't add anything else? I mean... No, I usually say where I'm from at the end, don't I? Like, where they can do. find me. Oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, I just yeah. didn't know whether you wanted to be, you know... No, it's because I went through everything. today's introduction really smooth. You did, that was smooth. Whoosh. Smooth as Professional. Out. Smooth as... Everything. As out, I thought. Baby's butt. <laughs> Possibly. No? Possibly so. I don't like that image. Okay. I'm not overly keen. Okay, cool. No, no, no. You, you um, go ahead and do yours. I, no, I just didn't know whether you wanted to, you know, do any, any like, titles or anything. You know, first of a name, Lord of the Andals and the First Men. I don't know. <laughs> Something along those lines. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm Kate. I'm a uh, random passing druid and nothing to do with... Queen in the North? Queen <laughs> Planets have a north. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to today's episode of Frithcast. Likewise. Episode number 17. Coming round the virtual campfire. Come Indeed. and warm your knees. Come and pull up a log chair. Marshmallows. Marshmallows on sticks. Yeah, marshmallows, oh, definitely. Gotta do those. Yeah. Um, and come and listen to us have a bit of a natter. Join yeah. in if you want. I mean, well, I'd say join it. Yeah. Sleep. We're tricky. We, we won't be able in. to hear you, but feel free to join in anyway. Yeah, do that. You can Just always message us. You can. And stuff if With you stuff. like. With so, stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's all good. Today I thought we'd have a chat about Frigga. 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 And she is the High Lady of Asgard. Mm-hmm. So I thought we'd have a natter about her okay. and her... Uh, attendants. She has a group of attendants, so she's different to a lot of the other gods and goddesses that might have an attendant in passing. But she has twelve that are listed and named. Okay. So <clears throat> let me just clarify first of all. So Frigga is when you say the High Lady of Asgard, she is the wife slash spouse slash partner slash whatever. Other half, mm-hmm. if you like, if you want to be, if you want to be, um, oh, modern uh, about it, mon- monogamous, monogamy thing about yes. it. Yes, but in this case, Odin and Frigga are the ruling couple. Yes, of Asgard. Yes. So I wanted to have a chat today about Frigga, okay, and her attendants. So she is not only the wife of the All Father, mm-hmm. she's also the mother of Baldur, the Shining One. And now her name, you'll sometimes see it written as Frigg, and sometimes you'll see it written as Mm Frigga, with an A on the end. The Frigga version is the anglicised version of the Old Norse Frigg. Okay. As far as I know, either is acceptable. They're an interchangeable name. She lends her name to Friday. 
Yes. Frigs Day. Okay, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Before we start really getting into her and her attendance, there are a lot of discussions because she shares a lot of her influence and traits and characteristics are, are parallel with those of Freya. I have to admit, in the past, I have been known to get the two confused. Yes, yeah. Um, some there is quite a, a a large and fairly spirited discussion that is ongoing. That is either Frigga and Freya are the same goddess, known by two different names, because they've got so many characteristics in, in parallel. Okay. Or that they are two separate deities. So you've got kind of people on both sides. For me, they're separate. For you lovely listeners, they may be one and the same. Either way, it's all good. Is this one of those situations where, I'm not going to say necessarily syncretism, but is this one of those situations where you might have a, an Aesir and a Vanir who serve much the same function? or mm. I mean, do, are there, is there overlap between... I mean, we're drifting off, I know, but is there overlap between the dominions of the Aesir and Not generally, and no. Because I know the Vanir no. tend to be sort of nature gods, don't they? But, I mean, if you look at Frigga and Freya, Frigg is, again, like Freya, depicted as a vulva, a practiser of Seath. Okay. And if you've not heard about Seath before, it's like northern paganistic shamanism, if you like. It's primarily concerned with looking at oracula, looking at changing the direction of strands of fate and affecting that, hmm. as right. well as understanding it. So it's working with spirit, it's working with shamanic journeying. It's For me, it's looking at that oracular aspect, the knowing of where a thread is going to go, where a life is going to go. Mm. And, you know, with certainly with Frigga, the ability to be able to change the direction of that life. Okay. Freya, actually, as far as I understand, is the one to teach Seath to the Allfather. Freya. Freya. Okay. Is the one who teaches Seathing to the Allfather, the ability to know, to understand... If you look at, we, we've talked before about the old Norse poem, Loki's Flighting. Yes. Where he sits there and he, um, what's the word? Oh, disses. I believe so. He yes. disses the entirety of the company gathered in very specific and very personal ways. And he um, insults Frigg. It's not one of the smartest moves. Then Freya steps in and warns the trickster that, Frigg knows the destiny of all living beings with the implication that she can change it. Ah. Ah. So it might not be the smartest move he's ever made. This is I, this, <clears throat> So this is somebody you pretty much want to keep on side yeah. if you have a chance. Uh, exactly so. Um, like Freya, Frigg is also listed as having... Um, in some of the lore, it's listed as falcon feathers. In some of the lore, it's uh, in some of the the modern understandings, it's a falcon, a cloak made of falcon feathers or a falcon cloak okay. that allows her to change shape and become a falcon. Nice. Freya has it, uh, and Frigg also has one of her own. It's lesser known, but it's still there. Right. So there's a lot of parallels between these two goddesses. For me. They're two separate beings. Okay. 
but for other people they may be the same one. Mm. So if in your own personal understanding warning UPG stuff, you understand Frigg and Freya to be the same, that's all good and groovy. If you understand them to be two aspects of one goddess, that's all good and groovy as well. Mm. If you understand them to be complete, two separate, completely separate beings, two goddesses worthy of worship in their own right, that's all good as well. Well, I mean, in it's... the end, in the end, these are <clears throat> gods we're talking about. They're they they're, su- they're supposed to be difficult for humans to understand. Yes, yeah. So for Frigg, the way I understand it is she has dominion over things like love and marriage mm-hmm. where her own marriage being a primarily uh, a prominent prospect she has dominion over things like in a way over fate and destiny in that she can see where it's going to go mm. she has that understanding of intuition she's known as the sky goddess who weaves the clouds so her spinning and her weaving those are particularly strong images with her there's a lovely picture painting of Frigg weaving, spins the clouds and she's sat there with a spinning wheel, literally spinning them out. Mm. I'm getting a lot of um, Uno and Vesta in, yes. in, in here to yeah. some extent. Uh, I mean in, in Uno's case particularly, again, wife of the, inverted commas, all father, yes. uh, wife yeah. of um, Jupiter. Vesta, U- U- Jupiter, I should ruler say. of the hearth, ruler of the home. Vesta rules the hearth. Yes. And home, yeah. Yeah. For me, in my own understanding, she's very powerful in her own right. Mm-hmm. She's very independent in her own right. There are a couple of stories which detail Frigg in, in her independence in her own way. Mm. Um, there is uh, an incantation that has been written down, a 10th century incantation written down, and it's called the Second Meresburg Incantation. Okay. And it's for... Um, helping to heal a horse who's fallen and has something wrong with their leg, has broken the leg. Mm. And that has a line in it, then enchant it Freya. Freya enchants it. I ask for the blessing of Freya to help this animal heal. We'll put a link to it in the descriptions, as we do usually. Go, go and research things and find them out. For me, she's as crafty as the old father is. Okay. She's as far-seeing as far-thinking. She plays the long game. Mm. You can see that very much in one of the, the pieces that's known as the Grimner's Mal. She and the All-Father wager against each other. Right. It doesn't end particularly well for the All-Father. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it that way. They pick two brothers one of whom is a king and the other one of whom rules a homestead instead of his brother who has all the riches. Yeah. The All-Father chooses the king to advise and to to be on their side and the Lady Frigg chooses the farmsteader. Mm. Um, and so they make a wager as to who is the better man and which one is, you know, has more good qualities of aspects that you would expect to see in a quality man. Okay. Frigg sends one of her attendants to warn her player, if you like, mm-hmm. that it may be that a mysterious sorcerer, wizard, will travel the roads and come and find him and try and do him harm, and that she, Frigg, bestows this blessing upon him with this warning. Okay. And that he will know that this wizard wants to do him harm because the, the dogs of the settlement 
won't bark at the stranger when he comes. Mm. And so the All-Father feels he's being all clever, comes down to Midgard, and takes on his guise of the Wanderer, yeah. and wanders to the settlement. Mithrandir. The Mithrandir. Yeah. Wanders to the settlement and introduces himself as a stranger and asks for hospitality. And of course, being Lord of the Wolves, none of the dogs bark at him. Because he's friend. Because he is friend the Lord and, and, friend and master. They the, know the Lord and master of all wolves and their descendants. Yeah. So the dogs do not bark. So the gentleman who owns the settlement immediately knows that this is the stranger that he's been warned about. And so he captures the stranger and sets him between two fires for eight days. Crikey. And leaves him there. All right. <laughs> and punishes him quite severely because he understands that he's a wizard that's come to hurt him. Yeah, yeah. After so many days of being set, tied up, sat between two fires yeah. and left there, the, the host offers him to free him and gives him a horn of mead. And they have quite a, a positive relationship after that. And the story carries on with no mention of Frigga whatsoever after that point. Okay. But that, to me, shows that she can be just as crafty, just as cunning, just as far-reaching when she wants to be. Oh. There's one... The, the more well-known tellings of where Frigg sits in the Pantheon are with the death of Baldur. Okay. She foresees that he will die. Yeah. And so like any mother would, she takes steps to protect her child. And she goes and extracts a promise from all living things that they will not hurt her son. Yeah. And she uses a very, I don't know whether you'd call it a very old magic, naming magic, I name you. If you name a thing, you define it. You set expectations on it of what it does, what it is, what it will be. You bind it. It's a very, very powerful magic power. Yes. Um, so there are some examples of naming magic, which will, again, we'll drop some links into the description. You can go and have a hunt round. Mm. But naming magic for me is one of the oldest things. To know something's true name, look at the story of the fairy tale of Rumpelstiltskin. Yes. To know a name is to hold a certain power over a thing. So the the highest lady of Asgard goes through all the realms and names everything and extracts a promise from every living thing that it will not hurt her son. Mm. And she, either by mistake or because she feels that the plant is too small and insignificant and too young and doesn't feel that it's right for something so young to be bound by oath, misses mistletoe okay, and doesn't extract an oath from that. When Baldo's death is caused by an, uh, a dart made from a sprig of mistletoe, it's the one thing she didn't cover for. Yeah and Baldur dies from that and he's taken to Helheim he journeys the Hell's Road and goes into the Lady Hell's Realm mm. and stays there and such is the sorrow of his mother that she sends a messenger Hermod to go and talk to the Lady Hell and ask if Baldur can come out and go back to the land of the gods mm. and the Lady Hell says well no, this is this is what it is now. Yeah. But 
if every living thing weeps for your son, you know, I'm not completely without compromise. If all living things will shed tears, then I will let him come back. And so she again goes to every living thing and asks it to cry, to shed tears in grief for the death of Balor. Mm. And every living thing does until she comes to the home of a, a very old woman who refuses. And because of that, the Lady Hell refuses to release him. And Frigga could see this coming. She knew where it was going to go. And she tried to divert it, tried to change the path of that. Yeah. And couldn't. Yeah. And her grief as a mother losing a child For me, that's another one of her aspects, mm. another one of her spheres of influence. She understands what that loss feels like. So I wanted to finish off with a couple of prayers to Frigga. Now, I did say right at the beginning, she has attendants mm. and she has 12 that are listed. So one of these prayers lists each of those 12 by name and lists their individual spheres of influence. Okay. Now, some people understand that these are aspects of Frigga. Mm. These are minor aspects that she is also responsible for. Some people understand that these names are goddesses in their own right. The first one is about her hall in the marsh meadows, Fensalia. And the second one lists those... 12 handmaidens if you like or attendants if you prefer you know your understanding is that they're all aspects of Frigga then you can still name those aspects you're still paying respect to each of her areas of influence mm -hmm. so I'd like to finish off today's episode with those okay we hope you've enjoyed uh, today's episode on Frigga and her attendants mm -hmm. I've been Suzanne. You can find me on Facebook as Suzanne Martin. You can also find me on Twitter. Drop me a friend request. Drop me a comment. Come and say hi. It's all good. And if for any reason you want to find me um, online, the best place to do that would be my little bloggy thing at glassrain.net. That's glass as in window, rain as in weather, all one word, .net. And uh, my various accounts and profiles and things are linked from there. Okay, so we will talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Today we honour Frigga, Asgard's queen. Hail to you, mighty lady. Between the worlds with spirit's sight, the geese are crying. Women together wearing white, we wend from Midgard through the night. The reeds are sighing. Land whites bless the way we go, the geese are crying. Dysir, help your children grow. For women's wisdom we would know, the reeds are sighing. Long lost the path that we would find, the geese are crying. Through trackless marsh our way we wind, with hallowed heart and mirthful mind, the reeds are sighing. Among salt meadows stands a hall, the geese are crying. 
strength and grace in every wall, and room within to welcome all, the reeds are sighing. All hail the queen who rules within, the geese are crying. She takes the twisted fates we spin and weaves us all into one kin. From the darkness of earth, you arise, Fjorgavin's first daughter, bending like the birch tree at the bounds of the glacier. You are the stillness at the heart of the world. You are its silence. Rams with white fleeces roam free round your dwelling. In your hall stands a loom, non-spin threads for your weaving. It's warped with the fates of the world. Only you can see the pattern. You sit at the head of the hearth, Twelve maidens blaze around you, sparks spun from your brightness. In their faces, you are reflected. You are the women of all the worlds. You are the beloved. Giver of law are you, high seat of sovereignty. All father counsels kings, but it is you who choose them. You teach magic to queens. You give names to nations. Gold and the god you gave birth to, but betrayed by Laufey's son. All this you know, but say nothing. All mother, all here are now gathered, folk together wanting your wisdom. Holy one, hearken, hear our words. These are the faces of the goddess, candles lit from her hearth fire, water flowing from her well. We honour them all. We honour Saga, who knows the names of the ancestors and all the old tales. Ira, the silent child of Adhumla, the ancient healer. Gefion, who gives before we even know our need. Fulla, who guards the secret of the mysteries. Siofen, the one who inclines the heart to love. Lofen, giving us permission to follow our dreams. Sin, our advocate, who wards the doors we need to close. Hlin, the protector, who shields us from harm. Var, who hears all oaths by the holy hearth. Vor, who knows all secrets, expanding awareness. Snotra, the wise one, who always knows what to do. Gnar, who soars high, carrying Frigg's words throughout the worlds. Handmaidens to the holy queen, we honour all.